Why don't you go ahead and stand up and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. I uh, am excited about what the Lord's doing, but I do want to let you know, uh, Reverend Will, that Reverend Ron messed me up this morning because I had planned with my message that we would close the message by praying for those who needed healing. So uh, as, as I preach, the Lord's going to give me a different way to close this morning. But I do want to start off in prayer. I'm going to read the scriptures and then we're going to ask the Lord to give us a word. We're right where we are. Amen. Amen. Verse 23, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were both demon possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Father God, we ask that you would speak to us through your word today. We ask, Father, that Jesus Christ would be lifted up. Father, you, we, we come to you as a people with all kinds of sicknesses. We come to you as a people with all kinds of disease. We come to you with various torments today. We thank God that you heal them all. Father, open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things out of your law. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Won't you say amen? Amen. amen? amen and amen. You can be seated. I want to talk for the next few minutes on the subject, I need a good doctor. Last week we talked about needing a good lawyer from 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. And today we're going to talk about needing a good doctor from here in Matthew chapter 4. By way of introduction, I want to kind of lay a foundation for healing and lay a foundation for what I believe the, the, the Word of God teaches us about healing. And so, number one, I want you to see in verse 23 that as a part of Jesus' earthly ministry, healing was a vital part of it. You'll see in verse 23 that it says, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So you can see, according to that verse, that Jesus' ministry was about teaching, preaching, and healing. I don't know if we are a little gospel shy, but uh, in many cases around some of the circles that I've been in, we don't talk about physical healing nearly enough. I think we shy away from it because uh, not everybody is healed the way we think that they ought to be healed. Let the church say amen. amen. I think that there's also been a lot of confusion about healing. There are those on the one side that would say that the healing ministry of Jesus has ceased. They're called cessationists. Won't you say cessationists? They believe that the healing ministry of Jesus that it was only for the time of the early church. And then there are those on the other side who believe 
that not only is healing a part of our experience as Christians now, but we have the authority to claim it, to name it and claim it whenever we want. And if you believe that, then if you are not healed, something is wrong with your faith. So on the one hand, you have cessationists, and on the other hand, you have the name it, claim it crowd, and that something is wrong with your faith if you are not walking in your healing. I believe that there is a biblical perspective of healing that all of us need to embrace, not just for ourselves, but so that we can have a ministry amongst our loved ones who surround us, who are ailing, who are struggling, who are broken. We need to have a good healing theology. If you understand what I'm saying, say amen. Not only is verse uh, 23 says that, that Jesus' ministry is about teaching, preaching, and healing, but I believe that God still heals today. So I'll play my cards. I am not a cessationist. I believe that God still heals. I believe that he is not only able to heal, but at times he does heal, and you are standing looking at a living witness. And I believe that you would say the same thing. That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and healing was a part of his ministry, and I'll quantify it, physical healing, uh, total healing was a part of his ministry, then that is a part of his ministry today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lastly. I believe that all healing is God's healing. And he heals in three different ways. He heals and there is natural healing. Now I want you to raise your hand if you've ever had a cut. Keep your hand raised if that cut ever healed itself. Yes, it did. Whether you put a band-aid on it or let the air get to it, Our bodies have this miraculous capability of healing itself. Naturally, God has wired us. It's in our DNA where if he decides to, he can heal naturally. Uh, Raise your hand if you've ever got a prescription from the doctor that said you need to exercise and watch your diet. (laughs) Well, you got better because... You started taking care of your body naturally. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. And I can say, Oh me. And the other is medical. Let me say this, and I want to say this very, very clear. If you are sick, take your medicine. Because God enabled man, God had put all of the elements there for man to experience medicinal healing. You are standing watching a person who has had three surgeries. And God has healed and God has given me physical stability because of modern medicine. And you need to know this, that it was Christians who created hospitals. It was Christians that initiated nurses. It was Christians that decided that we needed doctors. And so don't let anyone allow you or or cause you not to lay claim of the healing power of Jesus because he can not only heal naturally, he can heal medically. Let the church say, 
Amen. Amen. But here is where we get a little gun shot. Not only can Jesus heal naturally, and not only can Jesus heal medically, but I believe the scriptures teach us that Jesus can heal supernaturally. That Jesus can heal miraculously. That Jesus can take care of some of our hurts, habits, and hang-ups through the power of his Holy Spirit. Now, it just got a little bit quiet here, but that is where faith comes in. That is where believing God comes in. And that is where there is this cognitive dissonance where you can believe that Jesus saves your soul, but you can't believe that Jesus heals your body. I'm just trying to find out where the disconnect is. Let the church say, Amen. So I want to talk about three questions today, and I hope not to be very long. If you want to talk to me afterwards about uh, this, this whole idea of healing and and get a little bit more uh, understanding of it, you can. Uh, I, I am not an expert. I'm a learner myself, but I'm convicted. You can't make me believe that Jesus is not a healer. He's a mighty good doctor. He's not only a lawyer in the courtroom, but he's a doctor in the sick room. Let the church say amen. The first question is, what does it mean to be sick? What does it mean to be sick? Now, this is a hybrid of a definition. You're not going to find this anywhere, but I've kind of combined a bunch of definitions together and made up my own. But being sick is the feeling or the fact of a person being affected negatively and not according to original design. That, that, that you are affected negatively in your body we're going to talk about how that works itself out in just a minute. But you are affected negatively, even the feeling of sickness and disease, or the fact of sickness and disease, it's a negative uh, uh, aspect, and it causes you not to operate by God's original design. What do I mean by that? If your leg is broken... The original design for that leg was for you to be able to walk. But with it being broken, you are not able to walk. Or if you do walk, you walk with a limp. Or it hurts and it needs to be repaired. If you understand what I'm saying, say amen. And so with regard to being sick, it is not just physical. But there is a sickness that is mental and psychological. We have heard in the news about the, the, how, how, how wicked mental illness can be. And how individuals are tormented by thoughts and, and tormented by what goes through their minds. And they're sick. And it is a, a, a viable disease that people have. And then there's emotional sickness. There's this feelings. Well, my feelings are out of whack. I get these extra highs. I get these low lows. There is no median. Emotionally, I'm, I'm either laughing all the time in inappropriate situations or I'm crying all the time. I have no control over them or I feel angry all the time. I'm sitting on ready to go off on someone. There is an emotional sickness that people have. If you understand what I'm saying... Say amen. amen. And then physical. 
physical and then spiritual. There's, a, there's this, this idea that we are multifaceted individuals. What do I mean by that? Back in the garden, Jesus, uh, God says to us that man was made in his image. God's image is tripartite. Why don't you say the word tripartite? It actually means three parts. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is a triune God. Well, as we are created in His image, we are triune as well. We're made of a body, a soul, and a spirit. Each one of us uh, have those three aspects of, of us that are all us, yet one. They're one. That's why as Paul is praying for the, the, the church at Thessalonica, he ends up his letter to the, to the Thessalonians, his first letter, in chapter 5, verse 23, by saying this. He says, Now I pray that the God of peace himself might sanctify you completely. Now watch what he says. And may your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says that I'm praying that you would be set apart and sanctified. Your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your body. Well, what I'm here to tell you is we can have sickness and disease in our spirits. We can have sickness and disease in our souls. And we can have sickness and disease in our bodies. And what Paul, what God is telling the Thessalonians through Paul is, I'm praying that you'll be set apart. That you'll be made holy. That those diseases will not affect your, your, your place in God's kingdom. Your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body. Now you're looking at me a little bit funny, so I guess I'll have to give you an illustration. Many of you know that I had open heart surgery in, in uh, November. Well, I have a predisposition, and some of our diseases are predispositions. My father had open heart surgery in, the, uh, in, in, in 1979, 1980. He had open heart surgery. He had a quadruple bypass. I had a triple bypass. It is in my family that we have heart disease. And basically what heart disease means is my body is not able to process cholesterol and to process uh, foods that, that develop plaque in my veins and my arteries. I am not going to be able to process that without a little bit of help. So it was only a matter of time that my arteries would clog, that my veins would, have, would develop plaque. And so in my first heart attack, they gave me two stents to open up those veins. I had uh, another procedure done where they, they, they put, well, the first one was three stents, and the other one was two stents. Well, the reason why I had open heart surgery is because there was an issue. There was an issue with not being able to get blood to my heart because the stents wouldn't do it anymore. I had to bypass all of those veins leading to my heart so that blood could get there properly. It was because of genetics. It was because I had a predisposition to that. I had a predisposition to the sickness that I had. If you understand what I'm saying, say amen. amen. 
Well, that was the physical part of it. Well, in each one of my procedures in 2011, in 2018, and again in 2021, the doctors before the surgery and after the surgery said, Mr. Jones, we want to make sure that you're not depressed. I said, well, what do you mean? Well, there is a depression that comes alongside the procedures that you had. In the first operation, I experienced no depression. I was a little bit down because I wanted to get right back to work. In the, in the second operation, there was no depression. I was a little bit down, but I wanted to get back to work. But this heart bypassed. It was a perfect storm. We're just coming out of the pandemic where I spent most of my days in that office by myself trying to prepare uh, worship services. Spending the night there on Saturday nights. Getting verses from each one of y'all trying to put it together, waiting for input. I didn't realize the toll that it was taking on me. I discovered that my Uncle James had passed away. I discovered that my Uncle Barbara had passed, my Aunt Barbara had passed away. I, 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 I had a situation where my brother suddenly passed away. My dog passed away. And I just discovered that there is a condition in, in, called prolonged grief disorder. That those who have suffered from the, so much loss from the pandemic have experienced. And I got home. For three solid weeks, there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. My family, they didn't know how to walk around me because everything that they said, they were, the tears would flow. They, they wouldn't let me watch Mom Cater's funeral, and that was the, the icing on the cake that she passed away. They wouldn't let me watch the funeral because they knew what it would do to me. It was prolonged grief disorder, so there was not only a physical condition, but it was attached to an emotional condition. So God wasn't only trying to, to heal my, my physical heart, but he was trying to heal my spiritual heart as well. Men and women, God says, and I want you to see it here, he says that I have the capability of healing all diseases. The scripture says that that, that there were all kinds of diseases there. There were all kinds of torments there. There were all kinds of conditions there. And then they list them. And it, it, his, his ministry wasn't just teaching to allow those diseases to go away. It wasn't just preaching to allow those diseases to go away. But his ministry was a ministry of healing. And I stand as a living witness that God is able to heal a broken physical heart, but he's also able to heal a broken emotional heart, a broken spiritual heart, a heart that is shattered because we live in a sin-sick world. Let the church say amen. So that's what it means to be sick, but what does it mean to be healthy? What does it mean to really be healthy? And really, the meaning is to be whole. The, 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 the significance of being healthy is to be whole, where all of our faculties are operating positively according to design. Now, they're not operating in many cases perfectly. It's a different P word. It's positively. 
It's positively. Now, at the risk of, of, of you all getting in an argument with me, I'll just take the risk because I believe that it's the Word of God. So it's not up on your screen. But I do want you to look at two passages in your Bibles if you have them. Number one is Psalm 103, verses 1 through 3. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Well, what of His benefits? Verse 3. Who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases. Let the church say amen. Amen. So in one case, we're able to believe Him for forgiving our sins and our iniquities, our trespasses. But on the other end, in the same verse, He is combining healing all our diseases. If you understand what I'm saying, say amen. amen. Then if you were to turn to probably the most well-known passage about healing that we quote in our prayers, Isaiah 53, and we'll look at verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we're healed. So what I'm trying to say is we can believe him to a point, but I think we need to believe him all the way. And the scripture says he was wounded for our transgressions. We have no problem with that. We trust God for salvation. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. He took the penalty on the cross that we rightly deserved. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Because of what he did on the cross, we have peace with God. And then it says, by his stripes, we're healed. Last week I talked about the crown of thorns on his head that dealt with the sins of our minds, but, but it also deals with the ailments that are associated with our head. That the blood brings about healing. That the blood brings about healing in our hands. That the blood brings about healing in our feet, that the blood brings about healing when he was pierced in his side, all our internal organs. And I know that there's a cognitive dissonance right now. You're saying, how in the world can we claim this healing and I'm not really healed? Wait for point number three. Healing. Now let me, let me, let me make a, 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 a give you a parenthesis in there about what it means to be saved. If you were to read the gospel uh, uh, according to Paul in Romans, the good news according to Paul in Romans, he would tell you that we are justified by faith. Amen? Amen. That, that God has justified us. He has delivered us from the penalty of sin. Amen? Amen. He's delivered us from the punishment of sin. But then he talks about sanctification in Romans chapter 6, uh, 7, and 8, which means he has not only delivered me from the penalty of sin, he's delivered me from the power of sin. That that I'm not only saved, uh, justification, I am being saved. I'm learning how to walk holy. I'm learning how to obey him. 
I'm being saved. I'm, I'm being sanctified. And that occurs here in this physical life. Let the church say amen. amen. And then he gives the concept of glorification. Glorification is when we leave this old sin-sick world and we go to heaven to be with him. So in one respect, justification says I'm freed from the, the penalty and the punishment of sin. Sanctification says I'm freed from the power of sin. And then glorification says at some point I'm going to be delivered from the presence of sin. Well... These are all verses that combine forgiveness and justification with healing. So it could be that the real healing is for me acknowledging that if I am sick, it is no longer because God is punishing me or God says there's something wrong with me and he's mad at me. No, because I have been delivered from the penalty of my sin. I've been delivered from the punishment of my sickness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Them shouting words right there. And then, if you are sick, what God says is, it could be I'm delivering you from the power of your sickness. And I can use natural means. I could use medical means. I could use miraculous means. I can use whatever I want. But you got to go through it. You got to learn from it. And eventually, even if I heal your body, which is wasting away day by day, at some point I'm going to heal you so that you will no longer have the very presence. Of sin. You understand what I'm saying? So you've got on the one hand spiritual healing, justification, sanctification, glorification on what God has done. And on the other hand, you have healing, which is I am delivered from the penalty or punishment. He's not putting this on me or allowing. God will never say I'm going to punish you and make you sick. All that was in the Old Testament. No, no. If you get sick, it's because you live in a sin-sick world. Because you caught something. But it's not because I don't love you. And I'm going to help you through this, and there's going to be a point where I either deliver you from this, or I deliver you to me. And you will be completely healed. If you understand what I'm saying, say Amen. And so that gives me the confidence when a loved one who I know knows the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm praying for their healing, I'm intercessing for them, I'm trusting God for them, and they die. I have the confidence to know that they are now completely healed. No longer have the presence of that sickness. Amen. So... What, 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 what is the, the, uh, 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 the meaning to be sick? It's, it's this feeling or fact of a person being affected negatively, not according to design. What is this healing? It is to be healthy and whole. And probably the best picture of this is in Mark chapter 2. You remember the paralytic man who was brought to Jesus. 
They bring him down to Jesus. They lower him in his, his cot. And Jesus says to him, uh, he doesn't say you're healed. He doesn't say get up from your pallet at the first thing he says to them. He says, brother, your sins are forgiven. Because he knew that at the root of this man's problem, maybe it wasn't physical. Maybe it was spiritual. Maybe he needed spiritual healing. And so he says, your sins are forgiven. It wasn't until the scribes and Pharisees started mumbling. And they say, who is this man who says he can forgive sin? And then Jesus says, which is more difficult? For me to say, your sins are forgiven. Or for me to say, rise, take up your pallet and walk. But so that you might believe that I have the authority spiritually and I have the authority physically, I'll do both. Bro, your sins are forgiven. Now rise, take up your pallet and walk. And they started praising God because of this man right here. That's what it means to be healed. Where you are walking in your healing and you are walking in, in, with the Lord spiritually. Where they are combined spiritually and physically. Because he's just a good doctor that way. He is not going to just shoot for one aspect of your healing. Because they all go together. Not only was my physical heart sick. But my spiritual heart was sick as well. Well, what does it mean to trust the great physician? What does it mean? And I believe that this, this helps me. I hope it helps you. Because I've been called to be a minister of the gospel. But I want you to understand that you've been called to be a minister of the gospel as well. You need to be able to pray for the sick. You need to be able to have a theology of healing. You need to go in confidence. You don't need to shrink back. We need to believe in the sovereignty of God with regard to our salvation. And we don't need to check the sovereignty of God when it comes to healing. He is the one who makes the decision. We go out witnessing the folk. We never get upset if somebody says no to the gospel. We never, we, we get upset that they said no, but, but, but we know that that's a reality, that some are going to embrace the gospel by faith and be saved, and some are going to say, well, I'm not ready yet. It's not the right timing for me. So this story in Daniel gives me confidence. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? King Nebuchadnezzar set up an idol. He played the music, and when they heard the music, everyone was supposed to bow down at the idol. Well, these three Hebrew boys knew that you're not supposed to have any idols that you bow down to, that you're to worship Jehovah God and Him alone. And so they decided not to bow down when the music started. Someone told King Nebuchadnezzar, hey, you know you said you were supposed to bow down uh, 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 when the music started to the idol? Well, we got three. Three decided not to bow, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so King Nebuchadnezzar gives them another opportunity. He says, now I'm going to play the music again. And if you decide not to bow down, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And they say this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer 
you in this matter. We ain't even got to think about our decision. We don't have to go into a room and get a committee vote. No. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. And then it says, from the fiery furnace, he'll deliver us from your hand, O king. Verse 18. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor we worship the gold image which you set up. So you're faced with a disease. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe the doctor has said that it's terminal. Maybe you, 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 he's given you one of those reports that you're very afraid of. Here in this text, they're afraid of the fiery furnace. They are faced with this fiery furnace. And they, they respond to the king by saying, we're not going to bow. However, if you throw us in the fiery furnace, our God can deliver us. They had faith enough to believe that one of the options, if, if, if I have this sickness or a loved one has this sickness, I believe God for deliverance. I believe God for healing. I believe God can take care of this. I believe that they're going to be made whole. I believe it. But they understood the sovereignty of God in this. They said, I'm going to pray for it. I'm going to trust in it. And then they put the decision in God's hands. But if he doesn't. And so the other option for them was, I'm either delivered out of this and saved and healed, or I'm going to die. Because it was a furnace. It was real fire with real wood, and they would really die. I'm going to go in this, and I'm going to be with Jehovah. They didn't even have a knowledge of the third category. You all know the story. They get thrown into the fire. Nebuchadnezzar looks in the furnace, and he asks his officials around him, didn't we send in three in the furnace? They said, yes, sir. And he said, well, I see a fourth. And he looks like the Son of God. So the options become that he can deliver us out of it by miraculously healing us, or he can deliver us home to be with him where we're completely healed, or you need to take your medicine. Is that what it says? You need to take your six pills a day that help your cholesterol, that help your high blood pressure, that thin your blood. You need to take that fish tablet. You need to take that baby aspirin. You, you need to go to your appointments. You need to not eat that fast food. And if you do, sneak it so Kim don't see you. And do what the God doctor says, and he'll deliver you through it. You understand what I'm saying? If you understand what I'm saying, say amen. So this theology of healing is that I understand my sicknesses are multifaceted. That God's healing is a total healing. He wants to heal my body. He wants to heal my soul. He wants to heal my spirit. He wants to heal my emotions. He wants to heal my old 
some kind of ways. He wants to heal, he wants to heal relationships. He wants healing. And that is a part of the benefit of being saved. It is not your spiritual salvation and something else. Well, Pastor Mike, how come I'm not healed? Well, maybe the Lord wants to walk you through it. Maybe you trust him and pray for him for that miraculous healing. And he says, no, I want to give you medicinal healing. Or no, I want to give you natural healing. You know, time heals all wounds. You see, we got to be grown-ups about this thing. I'll close with this. I heard an illustration from Jeffrey A. Johnson, pastor of, of Eastern Star Baptist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. He was talking about Paul George, who used to play for the Indiana Pacers. The pastor has season tickets. Well, the summer leading up to probably the most exciting season that the Indiana Pacers were expecting, Paul George played for the U.S. international team and snapped his leg in two. The, 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 the injury was so gruesome that part of his bone was sticking out of his skin. All of the commentators said he will not play next season. There is no possible way that he is going to, to play. This kind of injury takes time. Well, the pastor said they went to the opening game that season at, at the, the stadium there in Indianapolis, and there was Paul George dressed in his uniform doing layups with his team, shooting jumpers, waving at the crowd. There he was. They, he, he said to his, his neighbor, and he said, hey, look, there goes Paul George. See him doing those layups? See him doing, hitting those jumpers? Seeing him waving to the crowd? Oh, he looks good today. We might be all right. Well, there was no plan on Paul George playing that night. But in the press conference after the game, Larry Bird, who is the president of basketball operations for the Indiana Pacers, was asked by one of the reporters, hey, sure look good to see Paul George out there. Sure look good to see him taking those layups and, and shooting those jumpers and weighing at the crowd. What do you think, uh, uh, Mr. Bird? It sure look good with him out there. And Larry Bird says this, don't you put too much into him shooting layups. Don't you put too much into him shooting jumpers and weighing it, waving to the crowd. Paul George is still hurt. Paul George is still injured. Just because he don't look like it on the outside doesn't mean that there's not something going on on the inside. The reason why he can walk around a little bit and, and, and jump a little bit and, 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 and jog a little bit is because the surgeons put a pin in his leg to hold things together. What I'm saying to you today is, you may look at me and say, well, Pastor Mike looks just fine. Pastor Mike getting around. Pastor Mike, he walked 100 miles in April. Pastor Mike's been having a normal schedule. Pastor Mike's been coaching his little basketball team. Pastor Mike's been preaching with fervor. Pastor Mike's been preaching better than he's preaching a long time. Let your statement say amen. What I'm telling you is, don't look too much in that. There's still something going on inside of me. They had to put two veins together in my heart so that it would beat properly. See, God put something on the inside to hold me together. God knew that there needed to be something on the inside holding me together. Don't put too much 
in looking at somebody and seeing, oh, they look so well. Oh, they look like everything's going on. You don't know what's going on mentally in them. Hey, it could be that God has put something in them just to hold them together, to keep them from going slap wild in here. God put something in there. It could be that you look on the outside and you say, well, well, he, that, that she looks fine emotionally. She's just smiling and getting along with people. You don't know what's going on in the inside. You don't know her heart could be broken. She's going through all kinds of stuff. You look at people just like that, but God had sense enough to put something on the inside. And what I'm telling you is this. About 40 years ago, I knelt down and gave my heart to Jesus. I believe he died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. I believe he took all of that. I believe that, that he, he was wounded from my transgressions, bruised from my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was on him, and by his stripes I'm healed. I believe that. I believe he was put in a borrowed tomb. I believe that. I believe that he rose again on the third day. I believe that. And in believing that, he put something inside of me that's holding me together. He gave me his Holy Spirit. He gave me the power of his spirit. He gave me the presence of his spirit. He gave me the anointing of his spirit. He helped me to walk in the power of the Spirit. He helps me to be filled with His Holy Spirit. Don't you look too much in here. Because in my natural, I'm broken. It is only God who's holding me together. And it could be, it could be that there's somebody here today, if you had the opportunity to tell your story, you would say, it's only God that's holding me together. God is keeping me together. God has given me a bypass. God has hooked up them veins. God has allowed me to walk. God has allowed me not to look like what I've been through. God is the one who is the doctor in the sick room. God is the one who is the lawyer in the courtroom. God in the morning. God in the evening. God all day long because of Jesus who healed all kinds of sicknesses and diseases, all various kinds of torment. I don't know about you, but Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, is the one in whom I'm putting my trust. I believe he's a healer today. He is a deliverer. Amen. He is a redeemer. Amen. He is a savior. Amen. And he's a healer too. In Jesus' name, let's say amen. Why don't you go ahead and stand up. Stand up and give God some praise. Trust him for your healing today. Trust him for your healing today. Trust him for your healing today. Thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you've been blessed. For more information about our church, we invite you to either visit our website at harvestcpc.com or call us at 205-853-5033. Until next time, be blessed.